Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Welcome back to the Better Food Stories podcast, the podcast that celebrates the people who are changing today's food industry as we know it. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and I am coming to you live today from my master bedroom closet floor. Um, (laughs) I really wish you guys could see the setup. It is not super professional at all, but it is where I get the best acoustics in my house. Food industry. So anyway, I digress. Um, Let's get into today's episode. So today we are talking all about technology. And as technology continues to impact our lives in every single way, I'm sure you know the food industry is no exception. So today on the show, I am chatting with Yuni Samashima, and he's the co-founder of a company called Chicory. And they are based in New York. They're a technology company that makes recipes shoppable and uses artificial intelligence to create digital shopping experiences for customers. In my conversation with Uni, we chat all about how technology is impacting how we find and purchase food, how Uni and his business partner became inspired to create a company that leverages this ever-changing landscape, how they got in front of major brands like Campbell's and Betty Crocker and ultimately scored major business deals with them, and where we think the future of food might be taking us sooner than later. As always, you can check out show notes for this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast on audriagreenhoff.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode, please, please, please make sure to take a minute to head on over to iTunes and leave a review Every single five-star review helps more people discover this show, so I would be so grateful if you would take a minute to share your feedback with us. And without any more delay, here is my interview with Yuni Samashima of Chicory. Why don't we dive right into it? You have a fantastic um, business that is really changing the way that both consumers are shopping for food and how brands are getting getting in front of new consumers. So why don't we talk about, um, start off by telling me a little bit about who you are and then what your company is all about. Sure. So um, yeah, my name is Yuni. Um, so we started, my co-founder and I, um, co-founder's name is Joey. Um, we started Chicory back in 2013, and we basically do two different things. So, one, um, we partner with different recipe sites out there to make recipes, their recipes, shoppable. Um, so, we first started the business as an idea of saying, hey, you know, we go to different blogs and different recipe sites all the time. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a way that you could get all of the ingredients to that recipe delivered right to your home? Um, and so, we had this idea of, hey, let's connect existing recipe sites Um, with online grocery retailers, companies like Amazon and Instacart. Um, And so we kind of have a B2B2C kind of business. Um, And since then, um, you know, one of the things that we realized is that as the 
world changes, right? Amazon acquires Whole Foods, you know, Walmart's doing online grocery pickup. Um, a lot of these brands are not just thinking about e-commerce, but thinking about digital. And how do you engage with consumers online digitally? And so, you know, since then we've released a number of different solutions for brands that help to engage consumers on recipe sites themselves. Um, so in better ways than just throwing ads just across the internet, you know, we're helping them engage with consumers um, kind of on recipes where not only are you reaching the consumer, but oftentimes the content that they're providing is helpful. Um, so yeah, we think that there are just better ways and simpler ways for brands and retailers and consumers to interact. And um, that's what we're trying to build here. That's awesome. So just to clarify, this isn't something that's generating a shopping list for you. This is getting all the ingredients delivered straight to you. That's kind of the differentiator, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. you know, as we think that as e-commerce gets bigger, um, the grocery basket is the shopping list. And so, you know, we work with recipe sites so that consumers can really seamlessly just add the ingredients, add the products they need to whatever retailer they shop at. I love that. So it is, like you said, such a kind of B2B to see you're touching on the consumer helping them out and you're also helping food brands and grocers, which is great. Where was the idea for this company born? Yeah, so my co-founder and I started this back in 2013. Um, we were students, actually. We were seniors in, in college. Um, and both of us, I think we were working full-time internships that summer. And we both like to cook. We come from families with, you know, where the, the family dinner um, was really, really important. And one of the things that you realize kind of being in, quote, unquote, the real world is it's hard to cook, um, especially hard to cook new things. Um, and so we thought, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, again, like if we could just get the ingredients delivered um, so that we don't have to worry about going to the grocery store after work and we don't have to worry about like finding those obscure ingredients um, like chicory that might be in a recipe, that, but you might not have at home. Totally. What was sort of like the first step that you took to start setting those wheels in motion? Oh God, yeah. I mean, those first couple of months, years are probably the hardest in any startup. Um, you know, looking back on it, probably one of the first things that we did um, was we started just talking to as many people in the industry as possible. You know, we recognized that we were, you know, I was a molecular biology major. Um, my co-founder was a history major. And so it's not like we, you know, we were studying history or marketing or business or anything like that. And so one of the first things that we did was we ended up networking our way to talking with the CEO and founder of Peapot. That's uh, awesome. Parkinson. He happened to be like a friend of a friend of a friend's dad or something like that. Um, and we spoke with him for two hours and he was just like, this is a really good concept. You know, let me put, you know, put you in touch with some of the people at Peapod. Um, so it was really this moment of, Hey, you know, we just got to grind it out and try to talk to as many people as possible. And maybe we'll have a couple of lucky breaks. I think speaking with, with Andrew at Peapod was probably one of those. Fantastic. So you started in 2013 and have had a ton of success in a really short period of time. You've already partnered with brands like Betty Crocker and Campbell's Food and Wine. How are you getting most of your business right now and how has that changed since you first started? Yeah, so I mean when we first started we didn't think about working with brands at all. Um, but you know, we, we kind of intrinsically knew the value of recipes and, and I think brands understand that as well. Sure. Um, and so today we have a whole kind of team um, dedicated to going out, talking with brands, seeing kind of where their problems are and seeing if we can help. Um, but you know, 
when we first decided to start talking to brands, it was kind of this moment of my co-founder and I saying, hey, let's let's just talk to talk to different brands, see see what problems they have. Um, but now we have a whole team doing it for us, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Like you mentioned, I think the recipe for, for brands are becoming in today's landscape more, you know, their own kind of content platforms. They're more than just the products itself that you're buying, but also they're providing a lot of value in the, you know, content that they're putting out there. So it really makes sense um, for for brands to to partner with a business like yours. So when it comes to building a brand or a brand identity, you talk to a lot of brands, you work with a lot of brands and content creators. In your opinion, being in this landscape, what do you think makes a difference in a really strong brand identity? Yeah, absolutely. So I think our brand identity really changed when we started talking to CPG companies, um, to these food companies. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because when we first started, we thought we were just serving consumers. And so it was trying to be fun and you know a little whimsical and like we were maybe trying to start our own app. Um, but since working with real businesses, these are Fortune 500 companies, you know, what they're looking for is really, you know, innovation and technology and really, I think our previous brand, which is this like reddish pink, it was very curly, it was all cursive, um, it was fun, but it didn't really say to brands like, hey, we're thought leaders in the space. Um, so we changed up our, our logo, our branding um, early 2017, and I actually think it's had a huge impact on the way we're perceived in the market. Sure, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about food technology. This has been such a fast growing space. And I think it's so exciting to see this like rapid advancement of technology at the same time as so many people are going back to the kitchen and wanting to cook more and, you know, make their own food at home. What do you think um, has had the biggest impact when it comes to technology? What has had the biggest impact, in your opinion, on the food industry? And where do you kind of see the future going as far as food technology goes? Yeah, so, you know, there, there's a bunch of different ways to categorize food technology, right? So I think that there are things that are coming out that are cool, maybe not so useful yet, like in the Internet of Things space. Mm-hmm. So connected kitchen and, you know, oh, my blender is going to order me, you know, a, a new smooth. Like, it's, yeah. it's really like, yes, cool concept, maybe not tomorrow or like today. Um, but in terms of where online grocery is going, you know, e-commerce um, has been around for a lot of different industries. Um, you know, just other industries have, have blossomed in that space. Um, there are a lot of direct-to-consumer businesses that are doing e-commerce. But in grocery, it's always been difficult because you have that brick and mortar. You have these yeah. places. You know, Campbell's isn't selling their products directly to consumers. They're selling it through Walmart or through Amazon. Um, so you always have these like conduits which inherently make things move a little bit slower. Um so, you know, I think where e-commerce is going, though, you know, Amazon acquiring Whole Foods was big. Um, and Amazon is taking over the world. And so when other retailers see that, I think it's like, hey, you know, we really just step up our game and really invest in e-commerce. And for a lot of food brands, actually, e-commerce is one of the only areas that they're seeing a lot of good growth in. Um, and so it makes sense that, you know, this, this space is getting as much attention as it is. Yeah, totally. I think, like you mentioned, the Amazon acquiring Whole Foods was huge. And I think that even in that short period of time, I'm seeing more and more, like it's becoming more normal to order 
groceries and things like that online. I think maybe even a couple of years ago, even for me that I'm very, you know, for all of Instacart and Amazon and the Ubers of the world, um, it was kind of the food thing was a little bit strange to me a couple of years ago because I'm like, eh, well, I don't know if I want somebody picking my oranges and apples and things like that. But now, like, it's second nature. I'm totally for it. And I, I find that that's tending to be how people are skewing now. More and more people are okay with it. And it's normal, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I know that Blue Apron went public, and then since then their stock has gone down quite a bit. Um, and there are many reasons for that. But you know, aside from that, I think what, what the meal kits have done actually is made a lot of consumers more comfortable with getting fresh meat and produce delivered to their home. Yeah. Um, and so I know that that's you know a logistical um, you know, nightmare and headache to run those businesses, but it really has, from a consumer perspective, I think opened a lot of people's eyes to saying, hey things have gotten good enough where I can get my groceries delivered and I don't really have to worry about the milk being spoiled or the bananas being, you know, not ripe enough or something like that. Yeah, totally. So let's talk a little bit about your journey before launching this company. You said you were a molecular biology major. So how did that shift go? Was entrepreneurship always kind of something in the back of your mind or what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, when, initially when I started um, undergrad, you know, I was kind of gung-ho um, on maybe doing an MD-PhD, something like that. Um, but then I worked in a lab, um, actually, and it was maybe two stories underground. And I went to school up, up in upstate New York, and so I would go into the lab at 8 a.m. when it was still dark, um, and I'd leave at 5 or 6, and it was dark again. And so I just didn't see daylight. And so to be honest, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I, I need to see more daylight. <laughs> but I also, you know, I'm more of a people person as well. And so I was, I was starting to think about, hey, what other things I can do? And um, I actually had the opportunity to work at a venture capital firm um, one summer. And it was interesting. You know, I had done some finance um, in the past, um, but this was really an internship where I got to see a lot of entrepreneurs come and pitch their businesses. And for me, it was like, I don't, I don't want to just be, you know, judging these companies, you know, these entrepreneurs, they have so much passion and fire in their eyes. You know, I want that. I want that passion. I want to bring something into the world. These were, you know, entrepreneurs, I think in a way are the ones that really, you know, are bringing new things into the world. It's exciting, right? Even if you're starting a small business, it's something that's never been there before. Um, and just seeing that passion and the dedication and how much people owned that, you know, I, I, I really wanted that, um, I think. And so that definitely was a, was an eye-opening summer for us, or for me. Um, and yeah, haven't regretted it since. I love that. And I think that there is something so cool about entrepreneurship. I mean, I write a lot about food and wellness and I, you know, do branded content and stuff as well. But one of my favorite things is when I get to interview entrepreneurs like yourself. And it's one of the reasons why I started this um, podcast as sort of a creative endeavor of mine, because I get to write so much about food and, and the industry, but not always just like diving into the stories of, you know, each individual and why they're, you know, how and why they ended up 
you know, starting their businesses. And oh, I love it so much. I think that you get so much passion and it's so much fun. No, and even hearing you talk about it, you know, bringing something to life is amazing. Yeah, you know? totally. That's awesome. So on that note, a lot of the people that do listen to the Better Food Stories podcast are um, either uh, food startup owners or food content creators that are in a way sort of startups too because they're building, um, you know, a platform around food online. What, um, in your opinion, would, if you had to give a word of advice or some words of wisdom to somebody starting a food platform or a food brand, um, what's one thing you would say to them? So this is kind of generally speaking for the startup world. Um, I think people need to start thinking about their businesses as businesses from day one. Um, I think one of the things that we fell into the trap of early on was like, hey, we're a startup, you know, we're going to go and raise all this money. And like, it was very fluffy back then. It's, it's easy to get caught in that excitement. Yeah. Um, it is exciting. But at the end of the day, it's a business. Hey, how are you going to grow this? What are the, what are the different, you know, uh, kind of levers that you can pull um, to make, make it successful? Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's something that every business owner, every entrepreneur should be cognizant of from day one so before we wrap up this has been so much fun i love to uh with all my interviews do some kind of off topic rapid fire style questions are you up for that yeah let's do it awesome okay so number one what is your favorite day of the week and why favorite day probably monday okay um because who knows what the rest of the week has in store Right. It, it, in the life of you know running a business, starting a business, anything could happen. Um, and to me, Monday mornings are the most exciting because you kind of walk in um, and it's just it's just go time. And it's like, what's going to happen this week? So <laughs> I think it's very exciting. Awesome. I love that. Number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? So the last TV show that I watched is RuPaul's Drag Race. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, it's really, really fun to watch. We have a you know, pretty big culture around that here at the office. And so um, we do like brackets and tournaments and stuff like no, that. No, stop. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Okay, number three. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? So I think... Popcorn is the first one. Ooh. I love popcorn. Don't ask why. There's something about just popcorn being a conduit for salt and butter, and I think it's amazing. Are you um, into kettle corn, cheese, popcorn, cool. all of them? Just butter and just salt. Just butter popcorn. and salt. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So that's number one. I think number two, um, there's a restaurant in New York City, or a chain, I guess, um, like a lunch spot called Sophie's Cuban Cuisine. Ooh. And they have, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, they have a special called Oxtail Stew. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like two pounds of food. Um, but having Oxtail Stew with like sweet plantains on the side and yellow rice, it's, it's unbelievable. So I think number two would be that. Um, and I think number three, and this is a life hack for anyone listening, um, but if you go to McDonald's and you ask for unsalted fries, oh. they make them fresh and then you can salt them yourself. And they're always crispy every time. No um, So maybe that's my third thing. I love McDonald's fries are pretty amazing. Um, but I'm going to try that hack because that makes sense. And they probably are even more. De- they're delicious either way, but they're probably even more delicious. Just me. <laughs> yeah. 
And I also love your second choice. I have to say my family, my parents are Cuban. So mm -hmm. that warms my heart to know that you love the yellow rice and sweet plantains <laughs> because sweet plantains are one of my favorite things in the entire <laughs> universe. I love them so much. <laughs> so, okay. And number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Yeah. So I'm Japanese, obviously. Um, but actually, my first name um, isn't Japanese at all. Mm. Um, so I was actually named after the unification day of East and West Berlin, which happens to be on my birthday. That is so cool. Yeah. What a fun fact. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. Before we kind of wrap up, where can people learn more about you and your business? Yeah, so if you go to www.chicory.co.co, um, you can learn more about Chicory. Um, and my Twitter handle is at Unisamashima. Perfect. So. And I'll put that in all of the show notes so that people can find you. Cool. Awesome. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.